How you doing? This is another episode of TNT, and I'm here at the Gibson Center, and uh, they have a wonderful event going on today. Um, don't get confused. I know it's Thursday. All right, we're taping on Thursday, and this will be released on Saturday. But they have a great Halloween event, and I think it's sold out as of uh, this morning on on Thursday. Irrelevant now when this is released. Uh, a few tickets. So I hope you picked up some tickets and bring out the family. They have time slots for their Halloween presentation here. It's going to be a lot of fun, all COVID friendly. And remember, without the arts and culture in our community, it's eh. There's nothing there. Nothing there. We're sitting here nice and cozy. It's nice and warm. The fireplace is not on. Um, and we're blessed to be in a warm environment and uh, speaking of warm environments i'm very pleased to have on our show tnt weekly jennifer Bergenthal, the executive director from out of the cold and um, she obviously leads the push in our community to keep those in need out of the cold i'm looking forward to this it's going to be a great great informative podcast jennifer how you doing i'm good thank you thank you for having me oh we're just Awesomely blessed to have you here. Thank you for for coming on the show, Jennifer. As I do with all our guests, I just would like you to you know sort of uh, bring our listeners up to date with your story, My story. and and you know what brought you to Alliston, you and your family. I believe you live here. Yes, I do. Awesome, yeah. awesome. So just you know, who is Jennifer? <laughs> so I was um, I was born in Toronto, but raised in Tottenham from the three months old on. Mm-hmm. Uh, my family planted roots there. We lived there my entire life. So I, I grew up in public school system in Tottenham and then came here to Banting. Um, when I moved on to post-secondary, I moved away for a period of time. Um, my husband and I spent some time in Alberta where I was working as an addictions counselor. And then um, after the birth of our second child, we moved back here, uh, initially in Tottenham, but then planted our roots here in Alliston. Mm-hmm. Um, and then had a third child, <laughs> and um, it was around that same time that I was um, approached by the um, planning team for Alston Out of the Cold and brought on board um, as a, a member of the planning team, uh, particularly for consulting um, due to my addictions and shelter work background, okay. uh, and so I helped plan the program and plan what it would look like going into year one uh, was involved obviously as a volunteer at that time Mm -hmm. and then halfway through our first season um, we realized that we needed somebody to sort of helm (laughs) the ship and um, the planning team uh, hired me into that position I was lucky enough and blessed enough to be to be offered that position and so I've I've been in the role initially as program director um, and now as the executive director um, we're now an an incorporated Mm -hmm. entity and so I'm I'm in that in that role right now. Great and Allison out of the cold it's uh, we have a podcast going Hi. What are you guys doing here? How you doing? Hey. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Dr. Wyatt and Dr. Ramirez uh, are in here. Come on here. Come on in here behind. Come on in here behind. Holy moly! We got we got wind of the podcast today, yes. oh. so we are stopping by to uh, present you with a five hundred dollars donation uh, from the Professional Staff Association. Mm-hmm. 
Thank wow. you, gentlemen, so much. That wow. is wonderful. No. Oh, I appreciate oh, that so much. Goodness. Thank you. Anything we'd love to help, uh, as president of the professional staff, you know, we uh, want to support a great program like you have. And again, it helps us in the emergency department because we have uh, a lot of people that uh, transient, uh, especially in the wintertime. And it's great that we have some place that we can send them up. Thank you so much. No, thank you. So, so The physicians, this is Alistair. Alistair <laughs> Newtech, look yeah, at this, welcome. look at this. Incredible, incredible. This was not orchestrated. Okay. <laughs> this was not orchestrated okay. at all. However, <laughs> Dr. Maya did reach out to me yesterday and said, when are you taping? Okay. Because I would like to interrupt and I have a surprise. Oh. So here we are. Thank you. Both of you, thank you so much. You guys are genuine. These are our doctors in our community, ladies and gents. Just awesome, We have an incredible relationship with with the hospital and with with your staff. We should just end the show. Yeah, great. It's done. We're done. Let's go. I doubt you're done. No. No, lots to talk about. We're just getting started. Thanks for letting us interrupt. Yeah. uh, Incredible. You guys are incredible, man. You guys are incredible. Just really. Thank you so much. Taps, taps. All right. All right. Rock on. Back to work now. Yeah. Okay, okay, good. <laughs> right. Save some lives. Wow, incredible, incredible. You guys are the best. Thank you for talking. Oh, wow, wow, that's so amazing. <laughs> oh man, oh man. Thank you guys. Thank you. Wow, isn't that? Well, you didn't orchestrate that. I I did not orchestrate <laughs> wow. it at all. I that did was... not. I did not. Doctor Maya just texted me when he found out when I started okay. promoting out in the cold and. If you did check out TNT Weekly, I did interview Dr. Maya, Chief of Staff, yeah. and I just recently interviewed Stevenson uh, Hospital and uh, the executive team. And he said, oh, when are you taping with Jennifer? And I said, this Thursday. I, I haven't got an exact time around 1, 1.30. I said, I, I don't want to be rude, but I have a surprise. We'd like to come in and interrupt. Aww. And I figured it was something like that. Incredible. But again, isn't this, you know. Are we, we have. The best. The best community. I I really have to say that. I I actually don't want to advertise it too much. (laughs) Don't want it to turn into a city. Right. (laughs) But this community rocks. The people in our community are so entwined. All our services and, and everything. So. When, wow. my, when my husband and I were making, I mean, we were living in Alberta. So when we were yeah. making a decision to come back, my husband is not from this area. He's from Hamilton. Yeah. And so obviously we had a couple choices yeah. to, to come back. And, and ultimately we landed on this area because we felt like this was the best possible place for us to plant roots with wow, our family. Wow, so, wow, wow. Well, you know, not too often am I lost for words, but I don't know where we ended <laughs> off. Where did we? Where, I don't even. <laughs> where did we end it off? Let me go I was through. talking about being on the planning committee and. and Oh, yes. Without of the cold. Okay, yeah. yes. So I know where we are now. Anyways, that was a beautiful interruption. Sorry for the interruption. Um, so how did Out of the Cold as a, as a nonprofit begin? Where did this all begin, this, this start and journey? And, and whom is responsible for this wonderful organization? Because I believe there are many locations and expanding, right? Right. So um, Allison Out of the Cold is separate. So I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that in a yeah. second. But the yeah. Out of the Cold concept, the concept about yes. uh, Out yes. of the Cold, um, was born many, many years ago out of Toronto. Um, and it was as a result of a death of a man um, on the street due to exposure. And uh, a team of people put together uh, essentially a, a, a spot where people could come and sleep for the night and, and be out of the cold. And it was it was run initially through some Catholic groups and then it expanded. And traditionally, not always, but traditionally it has been 
operated by um, groups of churches that come together either to offer it in one location and then run by separate church groups or as like a traveling shelter system that, Mm -hmm. um, for instance, in Barrie for many, many years, over 20 years, there was Barrie Out of the Gold run um, in uh, various churches throughout the downtown core of Barrie. Okay. Um, And so we built off of that model initially in our first season knowing that we wanted at least to have a space where people could come, be out of the cold, get a meal, and and move on for Mm -hmm. the day. Mm -hmm. Um, So overnight shelter, emergency overnight. Um, Since then, Alliston out of the cold, um, the entity (laughs) has um, expanded in scope and in practice. And so while our name is still Alliston out of the cold, we are very much uh, more than an out of the cold specifically program. Mm -hmm. Um, In our second season, we expanded to include some staff uh, for intake so that we could become more of a housing focused shelter, which essentially means our goal is to move people um, out of homelessness as quickly as possible. So assist them in making the connections, uh, so resources, services, etc., supports, all the things that they need in order to um, make a change to their circumstances as quickly as possible, rather than just being a place to come and sleep. Um, and, and the idea, or I guess the shift is, and out of the cold program, you could, you could use that for an entire season and make no strides towards housing, whereas what we're working on is... Um, part of the agreement in being in our space is that you're, you're working on moving forward. We want to make the experience of homelessness as short-term as possible, or as, as yeah, mm-hmm. move them on as quickly as possible, knowing that for some individuals that might mean assistance for, say, transitional or longer-term shelter in mm-hmm. the meantime while mm-hmm. they continue to make changes in their lives yeah. or, you know, help, help to get to residential treatment or whatever. So what we say is that... Um, as a housing-focused programming, we are unrelentless in our pursuit to make homelessness as um, short-term as possible and help our participants move on to permanent and safe housing um, or appropriate and safe housing alternatives. Okay. And is that the reason for the seasonal options of Out of the Cold instead of making it a... Yeah. So... Um, an out of the cold pro- program, as you know, traditional the sense of traditional sense of the word is for the winter months. Yes. And so we've continued to operate with the winter um, model. Yes. So we are, we call ourselves now, um, a, sorry, a housing focused short term emergency group lodging shelter. Um, right now operating just through the, throughout the winter months. But our goal um, as an organization, our three to five year plan is to move towards long, uh, sorry, year round shelter. Okay. Um, short-term shelter, but year-round offering. Okay. Because we know that homelessness doesn't just exist in the winter months. Right. We are well aware of that. Yes. Um, and, and then, you know, after our second season, we or into our second season, we expanded to include a, a dinner. Uh, during our second season, it was still part of the shelter, but open to anybody mm-hmm. in need of a warm meal. Mm-hmm. Into our third season, we actually made that into its own entity. So now it's its own separate program. We have volunteers who help make meals and serve the meals, uh, and, and it's open to anybody in need of a warm meal. So you don't have to be experiencing homelessness to come through the door, mm-hmm. and we don't have any qualifiers. So if you walked in the door and said you needed a meal, then you got a meal. I don't ask you to show me your income or yeah, yeah, yeah. prove that you need that meal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then new to this season, or new to this year for 2020, we've just recently launched an outreach program. I did see that, yep. Yeah. Uh, and this was something that we had uh, in our planning for uh, like a soft launch in the spring. We've been talking about that since last year, 2019. 
COVID hit, things changed. We pivoted uh, and began operating a motel shelter um, mm-hmm. through the generous um, funds provided, uh, funneled from the federal and provincial government through the county and then to us. So if I may interrupt, because yeah, sure. I was going to to, to ask that, you sure. know, your experience with here we are moving along, moving along, life is is rolling and then boom. COVID. Yeah, COVID hit. So <laughs> yeah. how did you transition? Obviously a dire impact yeah. uh, in many different facets and we'll yeah. continue that discussion, but how, go ahead, continue. How did it affect your organization? So, um, when it initially hit uh, in, in March, I guess is probably when it would really blew March, up for yeah. everybody. Um, one of the things that we unfortunately had to do was close down our community dinner just because we couldn't prevent um, spread the and, spread. Yeah, it, and, it just, and we didn't have health. we didn't have protocols in place at the yeah. time, so yeah. the dinner did shut down immediately. And as an aside, and, and I know you have my stats there in front of you, but season two we ran from November first until April fifteenth. Those community dinners, and excuse me, for season three. We started again on November 1st, but shut down in the middle of March and had well over 500 more participants or meals served yeah. already in March. Yeah. So it, it would have looked like double the amount of meals yeah, served for that from year. season two yeah. to season three. Yeah. Um, however, so that closed and uh, we initially moved to, <coughs> excuse me, we initially moved to uh, continuing to serve shelter to those who were already accessing us on a regular basis because we we could monitor their health symptoms. Yes. Um, So anybody that was new to us, we worked to find alternatives for them. Mm -hmm. And at the time, um, (laughs) (laughs) we had um, the the other, sorry, the other show touch, the other host, the other shelters. Yes. I'll get there eventually. Yeah. The other shelters in the county had um, been moving into motel programming uh, as early as sort of mid-March, but mostly into the beginning of April. And mm-hmm. so we were able to um, utilize them as a referral source yes. for the time being. In April, we then pivoted again and um, basically went on a, a lockdown of sorts where we, we managed to um, dip into some funds that were set aside for our outreach initially um, and keep our staff throughout the day, extend our volunteers who were still willing to stay with us into um, 24-7 coverage. We were housing initially um, six guests. Over some time, some of those moved on and then we were able to take a couple more in. By the end of April, we were four guests housed 24-7. And then during that month, we worked hard um, to make a plan to move forward. And and like I said, with the support of the county, we were able to open um, an interim shelter, essentially. Something that wouldn't have been operational otherwise, because we closed at the end of April. Um, We opened a motel model program um, with with that support from the county. And uh, that operated from the beginning of May until September 1st. And where was that in? in, in Initially here in Alliston, but we ended up moving to Angus for the duration of that time. Yeah. Um, And so the, the, I guess the hardship as far as being in Angus was that we were operating in a community that was, um, for all intents and purposes, really isolated from New Tecumseh in that we don't have transportation. 
Yeah. Public transportation doesn't exist here in South Simcoe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so people who call New Tecumseh their home, particularly Allison or, or really anywhere in New Tecumseh, uh, they were staying with us and feeling like they were disconnected from their supports, from their doctors, from their methadone, from mm-hmm. their family, from any number of things. And so um, we really saw a decline in uh, our service to our actual community. And predominantly, we were serving people from other parts of the county. So one of the big decisions that we were faced with near the end of August was we were about to head um, out of the summer and lose a lot of our summer staff because they were students. Yeah. Uh, And so we were were down. We had no staff going into September. Yeah. And it would have meant rehiring and retraining an entire new program. Um, And just with the knowledge that we didn't feel like we were adequately serving new to come. So if we felt like it was time to, to close that programming up. Um, not an easy decision at all, um, but come back to our community and focus on the launch of the outreach program. And so that's what we did. Um, our, our team had been kind of working on the planning for throughout the summer, uh, January, July, and August. And in September, we launched officially, unofficially, <laughs> our outreach program uh, and have been serving uh, new to come Sith and the surrounding areas uh, in that capacity yeah. since September, and and we're seeing that grow exponentially. In fact, my my outreach worker just texted me last night and said this is the the busiest week we've had yet. Wow! Can you explain to us what an outreach program does? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm envisioning out of the cold on Paris, the home, yeah. the the dwelling, and 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 the stays and the meals, but. What does the outreach program do? Yeah. So the outreach program is um, a mobile team of, uh, we have an outreach worker, so paid staff, and then we have volunteers who go out um, within the community. Uh, So I should should back that up. So there is a part part of the day where the outreach worker is physically in our space. Yes. And people can come and um, take a shower, use the washroom, that kind of stuff. Because there's not a lot lot of spaces that allow people to do that. They're setting everything up for Halloween. That's what we're doing. So we're going to get through a bit of that noise. But it... And, um, yeah, and then and people are able to get supplies from him there. But then uh, outside of that, a mobile team essentially out in the community, we just, we've established some regular stops throughout New Tecumseh and Tottenham, working on establishing something in Beaton, a couple in Angus, or sorry, yeah, and one in Angus and a couple in Allison, yeah. um, where they physically stop and we'll, we'll be there for a period of time okay. for people to come to meet with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they also take calls. So we, we, we operate on self-referral only. So if, if you identify a need, um, you would call and say, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with whatever. And so one of the, um, I guess I should say that this isn't just for people experiencing homelessness. It's um, the program is aimed at servicing anybody uh, who is experiencing or at risk of homelessness and or food insecurity. And food insecurity is a really big thing also in our community that's on the rise and yeah. very little known about that in our community as well. Yeah. Um, but what we know uh, to be true is that there are two ways that we can prevent homelessness, housing mm-hmm. <laughs> and prevention. And so this outreach program is really um, aimed at preventing homelessness getting to the people who need the services or need the supports, providing them with supplies that, that you know, they may be allotting that money to supplies and, and not being able to pay their rent or what have you, yes. um, to assist them in 
making a shift in their circumstances before they are in an emergency and actually need shelter and are then experiencing homelessness. Mm -hmm. So we have um, on board and in the space, we have clothing, um, food. We have a great relationship with our food banks who are helping to provide food for that, that program. Uh, we have seasonal supplies, um, like winter gear, uh, in the summer, you know, umbrellas and rain gear and sunscreen, all that kind of stuff. Uh, personal hygiene items. And then we also have harm reduction supplies as well. And so they're out and they're connecting with people where they're at, what they need, um, and making connections and then, um, seeking essentially to you know, with, with those connections, yeah. connect people to the resources or the services or the supports that they need in order to ensure that they don't end up in crisis and need to seek emergency shelter. And, and what would be sort of the communication for, for someone in, in a homeless transition that does not have a cell phone or does not? Uh, how would they know about, it know about your outreach? Yeah. Uh, so my, my outreach team has been really great. My outreach worker has been really great about communicating um, our programming to all of the service agencies. Um, has been throughout the downtown core and, and businesses in the area, letting people know, know of our services. Yeah, so we've got lots of business cards out there in, in the community. Good. Good. Um, all of the major social services within our account, within our immediate vicinity, mm-hmm. um, within Tecumseh, are aware that we exist and know how to um, get people connected to us. Like I said, we're all we're, we are self referral, so an agency might assist them in making the call, but it ultimately needs to be the individual doing yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah, just it's all it's basically word of mouth for somebody in that type of position. Yeah, situation, yeah. Um, but we, you know, we're on our we're on social media, and, oh. and you know, we, we try to get it out there as much as possible. We've been um, slowly trickling it out um, with the newspaper and whatnot. Yeah, um, uh, let's get into funding. Sure. And uh, I, I know that uh, uh, the COVID situation um, has affected a lot of wonderful, wonderful services and charities. Mm-hmm. And everybody's fighting and evolving. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's just speak about Alliston out of the cold. And I did see an article uh, on, you know, a request to our local government on on the required funding and, and the urgency on, on getting topped up to be able yeah. to serve this problem in our community. Yeah. Um, and... and and I know I, it's, it, I, I don't want to turn this into please give. We all have to give, but we're all, I know we're in this crazy COVID world of we're not knowing tomorrow and, and what's going to happen, so much anxiety and uncertainty. Yeah. Uh, but I know for your organization, the plight must be mountainous. I, sure. I, I, I just could not fathom what you're going through to keep everything going because traditionally, all your avenues of funding, at least from the community point of view, and events that you can have, are kind of gone, right? So you've only yeah. got, yeah, you've only yeah. got when you, So t- tell us first, <laughs> where does funding evolve? Is funding fully from the government and uh, percentages? How, how does funding work for, for your operations, or is it all? So we have traditionally, um, up until we received funding from the county to operate our motel shelter, up until that point, we have been exclusively funded by the generosity of our community. No way. Exclusively everything. Every dollar. 
almost entirely. We have received some um, funds um, within our first year. We got uh, some funds from the town council. Yes. But other than that... Um, it's all community yeah. support. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. We have been blessed with an incredibly generous community. And even in light of COVID, um, you know, donations are still coming in and surprising us all, all the time. Look. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah um, you know... In the month of October, we uh, we were talking about our outreach program, and as I mentioned, we had dipped into funds that we had set aside to launch that programming when we when we pivoted initially and were operating within our shelter in April, and so funds from that had been depleted. And so, talking about operating the outreach program, we were not sure how that would go for the rest of the season, and um, it's been really quite incredible. Every time we've spoken, sort of just spoken a need out loud. To the universe, wow. um, I, I, it's it's you know within a week we had you know money coming that was that would sustain us to the you know to the next month or to, to beyond that and so I'm I'm taken back Jennifer because the, the, I, I'm already so overwhelmed and impressed by this beautiful community that I'm blessed to live in and here's another reason I did not know that I, no. honestly I thought there was a funnel no. of annual monies budgeted. In some level of government. No, not yet. Not right? for us. There is uh, the other shelters in the in the county have that, and and they are. I, I shouldn't say every single shelter, but most shelters within the county um, have some form of assistance. Yes. Whether it be municipal, um, like a, a budget county, line, I mean, yeah, whatever, I, I, right? Yes. Provincial, um, whatever it may be, right? Most of them have some funding in some way, funding sources um, up until. Up until March, as or up until April, I guess, as I said, wow. we had we had we had nothing. So it is something that, I mean, as as you can imagine, as you grow as an organization, you have a greater need. Um, so it is yeah. something that we are now having to pursue. Um, I, I mentioned already that we had expanded in our second season to include intake workers, and so those were paid staff. Yep. So up until that point, I was the only paid staff member, and everybody else was volunteer. And everybody else. Right from board to our volunteer scheduling to our meal scheduling, meal makers, meal servers, like shelter workers, fully voluntary. Wow. Um, and, and then, as I said, we, we moved to hiring our intake staff in our second season. And, and again, last season, we operated so seasonally with three employees, all of which considered part-time, myself included. Yes. Uh, and then... Um, this season, like I said, we've, we've spoken the need out loud and... And, and provisions have come. <laughs> if you're a believer, honestly, I've said to, I've said, um, you know, I've spoken the need out loud and God has provided in every, in every term for me. So, um, we have, um, we have decided, uh, the board has decided to move forward. And, and this is also in light of COVID. And again, due to low numbers and volunteering, um, we were, we are ex- expanding the hours of our intake workers to cover some hours for that community dinner and to do some more poignant interactions with our community dinner participants. And we are hiring overnight staff. And so we've reduced our need for volunteers from uh, seven per night yes. for our shelter program yep. from seven to three. Wow. And, 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 and another thing that has come to light, look at the, can I, you know, I just did not realize the impact your services have in other medical care established. I, I wasn't connecting it. That's how ignorant yeah. I am. I wasn't connecting it, but 
you, you see our, our doctors realize it, right? Yeah. Uh, the and need and what so, you do. Honestly, that is so, so quite, like, it's just so amazing because um, shelter providers, um, we are sort of a tight-knit group of people here yeah. in the county, and I think yeah. throughout the, the, the country you can see yeah. that, but, yeah. you know, for a really long time, shelter providers have been saying that homelessness is not just a social services issue, it's really a health crisis as well. Um, it really, really and truly is a health crisis as well. So it's just, it's really so great to see that they're, that they're supportive and on board. Um, we, we don't operate in a silo. Um, we, we do our best to make partnerships within this community. We never want to duplicate a service. Um, you know, we work in partnership with contact community services yes. and the Craftsman Center and Salvation Youth Army Haven. And, and, you know, we, yeah. we talk to Sal- Salvation Army out of Barrie, but we yeah. have, we have connection to them yeah. and, um, you know the food banks, and yeah, yeah. Um, you know we've we've got doctors who are willing to see patients without necessarily being their patient, and you know we've we've got pharmacies who are willing to assist people with getting naloxone kits, and you know just yeah. we've got it's this this <laughs> this community is pretty incredible. Wow! Um, wow! It's blowing me away. Yeah. It's blowing me away. Um, yeah, and you know I we spoke a little bit before the interview. I'm I'm going to talk about something because it's just it, it's honest. It's it's from my heart, you know. And it's not that I I, I, I don't have empathy in my life, but I, I I just want to talk real. Yeah. This is because I've said this many times at the dinner table. I've said this over a glass of wine. Uh, I've said that in passing with with uh, friends and colleagues, even my wife, and you know. I have been guilty of saying when I see someone homeless that, well, you know, they should just go and maybe just get a job, you know, or work, you know, somewhere. And I've thought about it, what I'm saying, and and I've tried to put myself in that position. I've tried to tell myself, well, if I had nothing... It's everything just disappeared and I just had a suitcase and I walked out, mm-hmm. you know, you know, what would I do to eat and what would I do? I, I talked that way to myself and trying to understand yeah. uh, that, 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 that is, that is empathy in its truest form. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, and, and now, you know, maybe I mean, it's only been the last year, the last two years, I, I, I maybe wisdom, maybe age. Um, I, I know that I'm ignorant in the sense of how can I make that assessment mm-hmm. of someone in that position without truly ever understanding what it. position they're in. I have family, God bless, mm-hmm. that I can go to. I have friends, I have colleagues that the state of mind, I know that I will have support. Mm-hmm. So who am I to look at someone, which I have. Right. I have, Jennifer. Okay. All right. And I know some of you have. Okay. And, and look at someone and say, man, just go, just go get a job. Like, just go work yeah. or something and all your problems will be solved. I have said that sure. to myself. Yeah. Right. Um, and I'm ignorant right. for saying that. Right. There's no way I will ever understand, no way that I will understand the plight yeah. of some 
uh, of these souls that are, and, and again, I, I please just explain to me, <laughs> they're trapped. I know mental illness it can be very evasive and, and change your life dramatically and addiction yeah. and things like yeah. that. But please just help me understand what these loving souls are going through. Sure. Right, and, and how they get in this position, please. Yeah. Um, well, so the reality, you know, I'm going to start from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, some of the stats that I have are, are older, just because we have had newer stats yeah. brought forward. But um, the vacancy rate in our community is 4%. Um, in order to afford a um, one-bedroom apartment in New Tecumseh on minimum wage, you're spending well above half of your income on lodging. So the, the definition of affordable housing is spending less than 30% of your gross income before taxes um, on, on, on housing. And that's unfortunately in our community, it's just really not a reality. We have so many people living right on that edge of housed and unhoused. And so, you know, like you said, there is there is that addiction and mental health aspect, but it's, it's not always the reason that somebody ends up in the position that they end up. And the reality is, in our community, when someone ends up in a position where they are now unhoused, they are experiencing homelessness, um, there's really few and far between options to move forward in, in an affordable, accessible way, um, without supports, without, without, sometimes without deciding to move somewhere else. Um, we have uh, subsidized housing within the county. Um, an individual can apply to receive uh, assistance in their lodging. Mm -hmm. That's what that, that means. Uh, the wait list several years ago, so we know that it's probably longer at this point, um, was five to seven years to be able to get that assistance. Wow. So... <laughs> So, but what do you do in the meantime, right? I mean, I don't have the answer. What do you do in the meantime when you're waiting to have assistance to even be able to, to afford something? Um, and so what's happened is, and I, I know this to be true because I have, I have a friend who actually went through this. Um, it got to the point where she was told, if you choose to accept assistance in any community within the county, you'll be housed quicker. But if you want to stay here, where your family and your supports and your services and your children's schooling and your connections and their connections are you could be waiting five to seven years and in the meantime you know you're living with family or you're couch surfing or you know god forbid you're living out of your car or you're living rough which means tenting and um the reality is that um, in all of canada not just in rural areas homelessness um you know, the visible homelessness, that stereotyped stigma homelessness, um, you know, that panhandling, sleeping on grates, sleeping in the in the vestibules, that kind of stuff, the stuff that we see, um, that really only accounts for about 20% of the experience of homelessness. 80% of homelessness is hidden. So it's that couch surfing. It's the, the, the living in your car, the living rough. Um, it's not visible to us. And here in New Tecumseh, it's... It seems to be a new thing, 
but it's really only becoming that visible type of homelessness in the recent years. It's existed for many, many years, and it's really unfortunate there's not a lot of affordable housing options in our area, in all of Simcoe County, as far as I'm concerned. You told me something so interesting before we started taping, uh, again, that that I did not know and was aware of, that in the in the plight of of homelessness that many are 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 people that live in our community i i i'm stupid i i know i i just i i just assumed that the plight of homeless in our community was simply mostly from transient individuals coming in and out and no idea that it's actually people in our community there are. <laughs> that yeah. are having difficult times, as, as you were saying, yeah. and are forced into that situation and want to stay in our community. Totally. No idea. Yeah. No idea that, uh, about that, Jennifer. 85% of our users in shelter last season call New Tecumseh or South Simcoe, which is the area of New Tecumseh, Bradford, Innisfil, Essa, Ashtos calls uh, the area home. 85%. Home. <laughs> 85%. And, and as you were just noting before, I, I cut in there, um, it's not the typical stereotype stigma type homeless, yeah. right? Yeah. It, 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 it's what we don't see. It's, it's what we don't see, yeah. right? So... So for um, every person that you think, uh, you think is homeless, think is homeless. <laughs> I actually I joke when I do training with our volunteers. I, mm-hmm. I it, it's maybe in bad taste, but I, I sometimes joke and say there are times that I feel like I look more homeless than some of our users. I, like I don't think that I could pinpoint one of my participants as homeless or what you would say looks homeless. You know, if I'm if I'm hanging out in my sweats and my hair is a mess, uh, even I mean even on my best of days, I think that sometimes. I could be considered homeless. You know, our participants. So I've I've stereotyped this with the images of that small demographic. Yeah. You know, what you see on the streets of Toronto and what you see on the streets of Barrie. That's what, that's what most people believe is homelessness. And, And there's a culture of fear around that as well, right? It's the fear of the unknown. I remember as a kid, my father was a Toronto police officer. My entire life. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I knew a lot of things that maybe most kids didn't know. Um, and, and I knew that Toronto was an unsafe place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I remember, you know, we would cross to the other side of the street. Or, you know, do you have money? No, sorry. Like, it was something that we were not necessarily taught to fear, but there was a culture of fear behind that. And so when we start talking about homelessness in a community like ours, um, where... You know, it's, it's not visible. It's not something that we're seeing every day. There is no visible homelessness, you know, save for the, the few people maybe that people are, are well aware or experiencing homeless, homelessness in our community. Um, you know, that, that fear that's behind that is, is really hard to get beyond. Um, the us and them mentality is so huge. So it's a big paintbrush of is. stigma. Yeah. It's a big paintbrush of stigma. And I can tell you this, that if you talk to any one of our regular volunteers, um, you know, people that are with us year after year, I think that there you'd be hard pressed to find a single one of them who would say, um, you know, my idea of what homelessness was then and now is so vastly different. It's changed so incredibly much because 
Um, well, you've changed my, you've changed <laughs> my, 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 my look at yeah. it. It's just, it's, it's no longer an us and them situation. It's, it's really, it's a we situation. And, and, I, and that's what I, I hope and I pray for in our community is, and, and, and really it's been already happening. It's such, like I said, such a gracious, uh, generous community. Um, but there, you know, there's still those prevailing myths and, and, and sort of sentiments. And again, that fear that's still there. So I just, I hope and I pray that our community sees this as an us problem, something that we are all capable of changing and affecting change for. Um, the, like I said earlier, there are two ways to change homelessness, housing and prevention, not shelters. And so I would love for us to work ourselves out of a job. I really would. Yeah. <laughs> um, we need housing that's affordable and, and we need real and tangible and sustainable and a huge movement of prevention in order to ensure that homelessness is a thing of the past. Wow. Wow. Um, so I'm thinking I, 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 I could be walking past someone yeah. and it, yeah, that stigma of look and appearance, forget about it. Yeah. Like it, it, it's, it's affecting more yeah. of, of, of the unknown That's stigma, right? right? That's right. Of, of the hidden. Yeah. Obviously because of pride, Obviously, be, yeah, obviously, yeah. because of pride and and well, I, I mean, be, I, I invite your users or your your watchers yeah. to um, viewers, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Uh, you know, think about if, if you ended up in a situation, um, and and this is what we tell all of our volunteers. I mean, the, the the real empathy in its truest form is understanding that you have no idea how you react in that situation, oh, yeah. um, and so really just understanding that. Um, it could happen to anybody at any time and, and it doesn't have a face and it doesn't have a look <laughs> it, yeah. and it doesn't have, um, it, you know, homelessness doesn't pick and choose. It's, um, it's a, it's a bunch of circumstances that occur, yeah. um, that, that lands somebody in a situation where they are either faced with being very humble, swallowing their pride and, and seeking assistance, but we're not wired in that way as human beings. We're not wired in that way. So it takes a lot to a go lot. there, to go there. To get to the point where you, you're walking through the door of our shelter or you're calling our outreach program. Like people are at people are at their end when they're seeking us. So we have people coming to us in crisis, in you know, in in the midst of trauma and they're not at their best when they walk through the door. And and our goal is to show them love, show them that this is a place to be safe and feel comfortable in order to then Move, help them move forward in that situation. Get them in, get them comfortable, and then okay, now what's next? Like yeah, yeah. you have a place to sleep tonight, so now what's next? Yeah, and show them that this community loves them yeah. and wants them to yeah. stay here, right? Mm -hmm. So you know, you'll work it out. We'll bridge you over. That's They'll, right. You know, we'll get through this, right? Yeah. That um, sort of confidence builder, right? Our our shelter, other than so we there is one shelter, another shelter here in Alliston. It's the my sister's place, which is a violence against women shelter. So it, it has a specific mandate, serves a specific population of people. Other than them, there is no other shelter in all of South Simcoe. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but South Simcoe is probably the largest Pretty geographical big. area yeah. of um, of Simcoe County, mm -hmm. um, and no shelter system other than us at this point that wow. exists to house people who are experiencing homelessness. Yeah, yeah. So prior to our inception or our first year, which was um, November of 2017. Um, so very young. It's yeah, not, it yeah. Hasn't been there, there was no shelter before us, though. There was nothing. So, But homelessness. 
was here. Was here. Yes. So anybody experiencing homelessness prior to us opening our doors, they they had to leave. They had to move to Barrie, to Midland, to Aurelia, to Orangeville, to Newmarket, you know, wherever, where there was a service that would serve them. Because the reality is, um, if you're living, particularly if you're living chronically homeless, this is, this, this doesn't serve you any good to be here. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and. You know, people that are living, there's, there's a difference between episodically homeless and chron- chronically homeless. I don't think we have all day. Yeah. <laughs> Episodic is, um, it, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's short term and it happens in yes. spits and spurts. Excuse me. Chronically is, is longer term. Mm-hmm. And this is, is a chronicle tied to uh, health issues and underlying health yeah, issues, mental it, illness? Typically, typically yes. yes. Yeah, typically. Okay. Um, so, you know, the, the people who we, we would deem as chronic homeless um, within our community, those are the ones that tend to be a little bit more visible um, because they're the ones that are getting calls. The police are, you know, constantly coming to having to trespass them or move them forward, yes, or yes. you know, and they're a little bit more visible. Um, episodic homelessness is much more prevalent in our area, and um, really, ultimately, it's it's the thing that we yeah. aim to to mostly prevent. <laughs> yeah, and all supported by our community again. Wow, yeah. uh, all the dollars supported by our community. Yeah. Yeah. Jennifer, it's, it's been amazing. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, you really woken me up here a bit. I, I wanted to have your service on the podcast. I wanted you to be able to talk about it to our community. And I hope you have learned a lot today on the plight of the homeless in our community and what our community does to keep them out of the cold. Uh, I totally thought this was a government-funded program. Oh. Uh, I, I'm blown away. Like this is just all supported by our community. It's that is incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. Right. And we, I mean, we have the county to thank for our, our motel program over the yeah. summer, and um, now we've got a great relationship working with them, and and they um, are are moving to help support us hopefully yes. the winter as hopefully. well, and yeah. and are willing to consider us annually for funding as well. So it's opened. COVID has opened doors for us. Yeah, it's good. Um, you have to but, take it that uh, way. At, sure. I mean, at, at this moment, yeah, up until now, we've been exclusively um, private donations. And, yeah. Um, and and tell me something, and, and maybe uh, you know our listeners might be thinking once they this podcast goes out uh, on Saturday, um, what can anybody do? Obviously, I know financial contribution, yes, but yeah. um, you know, uh, let's say my son grows out of clothing, uh, sure. so and so, uh, you know, cans of food that you no longer, or or you just want to put something aside. Is there something we can do? Sure in this post-COVID world yeah. right now that could help you and your organization? Yeah, so um, like I said, we try not to duplicate too many services. So we don't tend to keep a lot of physically like tangible donations on site just because obviously we, we also don't have a lot of space if you've seen our building, it's yeah. really not that big. Um, so we, we source out for stuff like that. So our um, we have an incredible agreement with the clothesline for, with, through contact um, where our individuals who access us can go and shop there to get what they need. Uh, the food bank, again, we have an agreement with them. They help support us. Um, so supporting those organizations peripherally who help support us yes. is, is one way of, yes. of being supportive. Um at this point, it's difficult for us to accept physical donations also just because, because we're of the COVID world. thing. Right? So gift certificates to grocery stores is, is helpful, helps us stock our pantry for, for um, mm. because I, one thing I didn't mention is that 
they had they can people can come for the meal at night, but we also provide breakfast in the morning and a bagged lunch to every participant. So helping wow. us to stock our fridge and our pantry is helpful through you know gift certificates is one way to do that. Um, monetary donations are always yeah. lovely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, volunteering your time right now you know we've been a huge push for our shelter volunteers and and we feel like we've maybe gotten a handle on that for this season but right now we also need people to help serve our meals the community mm-hmm. dinner so and 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 if someone wanted to help you jennifer like is that like an eight what is that two if you only had two hours sure like, I only have two hours, but I would love to help you. What can I do? Do you have yeah. that sort of volunteer shifts? And so I, I would suggest if anybody wants to know more about volunteering, that they head to our website, which is www.allistonoutofthecold.com. Mm-hmm. Um, if you head to the volunteer tab, all of the information on the different ways that you can volunteer with the organization is in there. Um, with the community dinner, in specifically what I'm speaking about, it's... Um, it's a two and a half hour shift from five to seven thirty. Uh, it's teams of people, so we're looking not just for single volunteers. We're looking for groups of people to come that together. Can that yeah, can so like for you, that you would bring, say, you would be the team captain, and you'd have a team of say three to ten people, and in rotations, you would come once a month on your day to serve yes. in, in teams of three. Um, so we're looking for teams, groups, groups of people to come and serve meals. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, uh, we for our community dinner, we do allow youth to also assist in that. In our shelter program, you must be over the age of 18. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah that's, how, that's how you can get involved with volunteering. And okay. I would suggest to know more, go, go to our website and, and, and hopefully that, that okay. can help or even send us um, email. Jennifer, j- just an amazing <laughs> service what you're doing here. Uh, it's an amazing program. Uh, I've learned a lot today. Thank you. And... Um, you know, it, it's really helped me, uh, my heart, okay. you know. Um, anything, the stage is all yours. <laughs> you can uh, end uh, the show, uh, anything that I missed sure. uh, in this program that you offer and programs that you offer. Yeah. Uh, please, uh, the stage is yours if you have any last words. I actually just, just want to take this opportunity to thank each and every one of you in the community um, for your time, for your passion, for your generosity. Um, like I said, we really do live in such an incredible community, and, and we honestly, we would not exist without our community. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. All right. I said it from day one. New Tech rocks. It rocks 100%. All right. Have a safe Halloween, and uh, remember... Uh, share the love out there. It's uh, not all that stigma and paintbrush that uh, I'm guilty of doing. I know some of you might be in that same position too. I mean, homelessness is unknown, hidden, different situations. And uh, what I really love about this is the community has funded this entire program. They're doing this with the love of our community. So I know the love is out there. Um, thank you for sharing uh, with you. us, thank Jennifer. Thank you for having me. Hey, thank no you. problem at all. Okay, rock on, over and out, New Tech Rocks. Okay, <laughs> we'll see you again. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Jen, that's it. Rock and roll. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you. I think I figured my husband would be calling any minute, so he's picking up our kids. Ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that good? <laughs>